I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating where we answer the question, why? Why do people do the things they do and why do you do the things that you do when it comes to modern dating? Why? Why do we do these things? But this week, I'm not questioning why at all. I'm like, <laughs> great. I love this outcome. Oh my God. This week has been a roller coaster though. I feel like I've spent more time with people on CNN than friends and family. Longest week ever. Ever. The guy that's just using the touch screen on CNN, <laughs> he must be so tired by now. The guy, like, I put oh him on God. mute at one point and he, he just looked like he was just a drone, just clicking <laughs> on the screen. Red and blue. What if it's red? What if it's blue? <laughs> 
The CNN. Okay. I feel like the best time to watch CNN. I mean, first of all, Chris Como is so entertaining. I love him yeah. so much. But the best part of watching CNN is 1 a.m. I've been up so late this week. I was just so exhausted Shit. on Friday. I just like lost it. But on 1 a.m., PST is 4 a.m. Eastern, where they're all located, oh and they are delirious. It is so funny. It is like <laughs> pure gold. I like. I I don't know. I it's been a it's been a wild week, but I am I'm so happy with the outcome. I've been like so emotional. UA knows that I I know I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All for good reasons, all right? I've tried to explain this before, that, like, I don't cry when I'm upset. Like, I mean, I do cry Mm -hmm. when I'm upset, but I cry, like, happy tears, too. I guess I just have Mm -hmm. a lot of emotions I need to get out. And You're very evolved emotionally. That's what it is. is. I don't know. (laughs) Stop calling yourself emotional. You're emotionally evolved. I like it. I like it. But I was, like, trying – I I was trying to, like, get to what it was exactly, Mm -hmm. you know? And we're not a political podcast, so we're not going to go into all the nitty-gritty. We know that people have different views. We respect different views. All of that. We're not going to go policies, economics, all that. But I think why this – particular election meant so much for me personally is, I mean, this is like kind of the core of why we do this podcast, right? It's like modern ways of thinking about things. Like, you know, it doesn't have to live in this like patriarchal society that we've been in that women are one way and men are another. And I felt like just the whole like Trump's whole like vibe and administration was setting us back 50 years. Like, I think some of the statements he's made of like, women, get your men back to work. I'm like, fuck off. Like, seriously, like, you know, like that is just so archaic. And like the fact that like Mike Pence could not be in the room with a woman, especially if alcohol was around, like that is just so, you know, it's just not the way we want this world to go. So I think it was like that piece. And then just Atlanta, like all the stuff that happened in Atlanta, like set me over the edge in tears. Because I feel like all the like state Stacey Abrams, like how much she rallied. She rallied like 800,000 new voters, like black people that have not had a voice in that that state. And it, it just like, it's amazing. She's a new superhero. <laughs> she really is. I So this is the thing. I'm like, how do we relate politics back to dating? And I got a little high yesterday and I had this. Julie loves it when I get high. She's like, you have the best ideas. Seriously, you do. Keep doing it. <laughs> Keep doing drugs. I've been getting high quite a bit this week and drinking alcohol. So all the... All <laughs> the good stuff. But I started thinking about why, because I do know, I went to school in Colorado. I went to um, high school in Colorado. And a lot of my high school classmates are very upset with the results. Mm. And I kind of understand why. And I'll say this, like if America were the, think of, of America as being in an abusive relationship for the last four years. So for anyone who's really upset by the results, I think Trump is totally that abusive boyfriend, right? Yes. Just when you were America, just when you thought you were open enough to date a woman, he was, he came in and was like, nope, you're going to go back to what you already know, which mm-hmm. is just men and the, the most macho men. I'm a macho man. Listen to me. I'm so cool. I'm like, I'm the one you need. I will provide stability. I will make you great again. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and polarizes your family and friends to the point where some of them won't even talk to you because they hate him so much. Oh my God, this is an abusive relationship. (laughs) It is. And then when you start questioning his motives, he's like, no, everyone else is evil. 
Gaslighter. He gaslights every single time. Those are lies. Those are all, those are not fake news. I am the only, yeah, (laughs) I'm the only person who is honest to you. So just so you know, if you stay with me, I'm the only one who will love you. Everybody else is against you, right? The multiple times you try to break up with him, he flips out. He's like, nope. Every time you try to break up with me, listen, it, he threatens you. He's like, if you break up with me, life will be horrible. I will. Yeah. I will kill your family. Okay. <laughs> and the time he caught you on dating apps trolling for a new guy, he's like, uh-uh, this is, this is war. It's no longer about you. I'm going to win. And when he gets a sense that he's losing to this other guy in your life who is just a nice oh my man, yes. okay, a nice, nice guy, he starts to ask you to question your own motives. What is wrong with you? Do you have character? Do you have values? Because if you're trolling for another guy when you should be loyal to me, there's something wrong with you. And the most, I think the the biggest red flag of someone who is an abusive partner is that the minute you do break up with them, true colors come out and all hell is about to break loose. Yep, they won't, they won't um, acknowledge it's over. That's a sign. <laughs> they won't acknowledge it's over. They'll threaten you. They will not leave your house. (laughs) They'll make you feel like shit and tell you that nobody else will make you great again. The toxic masculinity and like what that brought. Like, I think Joe Biden is like, he's a good man. Like, you can tell he's just like a loving, like good hearted person. And the fact that like making fun of him because he was like, you know, giving too many hugs to people and like too protective of his health. Sleepy Joe, like all this stupid ass shit that it's like, no, this is an evolved male that wants women to be equals to him, that like cares for all types of people. You know, I'm sorry if he cries because his son passed away. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that was brought into it. But anyways, I think the amount of hope and I know not everyone agrees. So hopefully we haven't lost some people. But you know, I think the fact that I went to um, a comedy show last night with um, Taylor Mm -hmm. Tomlinson and Whitney Cummings, which was so good. It was outdoors. They were hilarious. I might have done a little mushrooms also, which made it fun. Ah! Yes. But it was so fun. And like, it's just like, I think everyone, I mean, they, they definitely touched politics. They didn't go like the whole time, which I think was a good balance. But they were like, the amount of relief we feel right now. It's like, you know, yeah. we can breathe again. Like, it's just like this weight has been taken off. And I think I felt it yesterday for sure. And I mean, I think I, I wasn't actually even that emotional yesterday because I got it all out like the earlier days. But yeah. I need a break from CNN and TikTok. I keep going back and forth. Oh my gosh. CNN TikTok and TikTok in the same the sentence. <laughs> TikTok, I was not a huge TikTok person, but in politics, like I did see some scary ass shit when I was on the right side of TikTok. But now, um, yeah. you know, it's there's been some really great stuff on there. And the memes are on point right now. Memes, oh, the memes meme came game out. is strong. I, this is one of those things where you're like, what were the memes that were going to come out if he did win again? I mean, you know, they I think have on Biden, like, oh, he wears a mask. Like, you know? yeah, right. It's really, yeah. And I'm sorry, calling like Joe and the hoe, like, what the fuck? Like, that is so, <laughs> first of all, like, she's, how like, old are you? Yeah, like, <laughs> are you 12? Exactly. Like, that is so misogynistic. And like, she's like a married woman that is like devoted to her husband. Like, it's not even an accurate statement. And even if it was accurate, like, no one says that shit anymore. It's just, yeah, that I, is an abusive <sighs> boyfriend it is. who will not leave your house and when you bring a nice man around he will try 
every which way to make this man feel like he's small, right? Because mm-hmm. he he wants to flex his own masculinity, but it's all based on his own insecurities. He's so insecure. Well, next season of The Bachelorette, Bachelorette Melania, right? Yeah, she's like, I'm done. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> There's like bets of like how long it will take her to file for divorce. Like, <laughs> well, once he stops drugging her, I think she'll actually realize she's been in a dream this whole time. Like, what? I really I, do I want to see marry her as man. the Bachelorette. I know it's just a joke, me, but I think that I would. You know, I'm not even a Bachelorette fan, and I would tune in for that shit. It would be the most dramatic season ever. <laughs> Supposedly, Trump is getting a new reality TV show after this. That's oh, the gosh. latest rumor. And I was like talking to a friend of mine. She's like, "I'm so watching." I'm like, "I'm so." not watching i can't i can't do this anymore like this is over you know what i'm saddened by because i don't know much about biden his personal life and i went down this rabbit hole of reading about all the tragedies that he's experienced in his life and he's in he's been in politics since his 20s i know the guy is about to turn 80 and he is just now president he spent his whole career, his whole life in politics, when Donald Trump has spent his whole life in the media and all of a sudden was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be, I think I want to be president. And America was like, okay. What other (laughs) occupation would that ever happen in? Like you have to go through rigorous interviews to get like a freaking admin role somewhere. Like why would you just be able to like (laughs) become the president? No doctor would be hired because they like played one on reality TV. Like what the fuck? What? I think America let this happen. Okay. Well, I do know and I do agree with this and I'm like trying to see another perspective of it because I do recognize that I come from like privilege with this. Like, I think there are a lot of people in this country that, you know, like they've been left behind, like especially in rural parts of the areas, like there's not jobs, there's nothing to do. And Trump gave them hope like he did. I think they can't be forgotten. And that's the only way that will fully unite as a country because I'm just thinking about it. Like for me, it's easy to say like, I want unity. I want um, equality. Like I want, you know, like I'm a white person, but I want like our black friends and families to be heard. But if you Mm -hmm. can like barely put food on the table, you're not thinking about other people like that. And it's not that you are a racist or there's something wrong with you. It's just that we do come from more privilege that we can think about that stuff. So I'm trying to like remember that a little and not be like, so, you know, all people are racist that voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. Because I don't believe that. I do believe that like, and I also witnessed on TikTok because I was recruiting for our political Your algorithm changed. My algorithm totally changed. And by the end, I was like, oh my God, do I start to believe this stuff? Like you start to get brainwashed. And I think TikTok and social media is wonderful to express yourself, but it's also dangerous that anyone Mm -hmm. can have a voice, especially with political matters that have no rhyme or reason and no logic. And they're just spewing things out. And I think that's what happened is Trump would say, like, I've done more for Black Americans than any other president. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, but what? Like, what is it? Or I've done more for the economy. Um, Well, you came into an economy that was starting to pick up. Like, what is the thing? But if you just keep saying shit over and over again, people start to believe you. And I think Trump, I will give him credit, is a wonderful public speaker. Like, I think he's a great public speaker. He knows what, like, levers to turn for people. And, you know, I think that's how people believe it. He was able to relate to the group that was forgotten. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand from an image standpoint, 
how that worked. But it's also action over words. Totally. <laughs> like let's see let's see all the results of what he's done. And I just feel like I this country is just in shambles. And I can't wait to start the healing process because we're so hurt right now. Whether you whether you're in a group that is of privilege or not, everyone is hurt right mm-hmm. now. So we got to get on this healing train very fast. I thought what you said, though, that was fascinating, and I've seen this with a lot of minority voters, that people mm. that, like, you know, ha- like came as immigrants did actually vote for Trump, that yep. you thought, like... I mean, I, I kind of had this per, like preconceived notion, like no immigrants are going to vote for Trump, given right. what I've heard in the media. And I think what you were saying about like this fear of socialism becoming like communism, which is, you know, not necessarily true, but that is the the lines that are getting fed. I do see that. And I think everyone does have a personal, like I see it, like why immigrants would be scared of it is what I mean by see it. And I think everyone does, like this election was very personal for people. So I'm trying not to hold space and not judge people for their choices but i am glad that we're back on track the fact that like even the way biden is speaking of like not democrats versus republicans but the american people together like i know it's not action yet but i mean it's day one so the fact that he's even like speaking that way is like a huge improvement to what we've been through the last four years I also love that Fox News called it before any other. Oh news my god, outlet. the <laughs> irony of people chanting "fuck Fox News" in Arizona was like too much to handle. Too much to handle. Also, like this BuzzFeed article going around of like you don't have to worry about Biden's tax plan if you fall into any of these, and one of them is like this like dirty ass microwave, or like you got like bubbles on your ceiling, and I'm like, oh, I kind of do, and then it's like you know, it's like all these things that you're like, nope, you're not in that bucket that's going to be affected. You're good. Like, but that's the misinformation that's been spread. Like, my mom's a accountant and she did like people's tax returns if they were under Biden or Trump's plan. They were identical for the most part. But he has kind of drilled into people's heads that like your taxes are going way up. And no, if, if you're under 400K, they're not like it's not. Yeah, it's all packaging. Yeah, he's a great pe- he's a great marketer. He's a gr- he is. That's his job, though. He was a salesman. I mean, he is very good. Yep. at selling. It- that's some, I mean, that's very commendable. I mean, we know from dating, right? Marketing is part of the game, right? Like dating profiles, Mm -hmm. your photos you use, like some of that is marketing and kind of transition off. I'm super excited that we're going to have Kimmy Seltzer, who is a Mm -hmm. fan favorite who did Hacks to Looking Your Best. She's going to join us this month in the sounding board. So for everyone that's in that mid tier, you're going to be able to like get on the fly feedback of your look in real life or on your dating profile, like with someone that really knows her shit. I was shopping and I literally heard Kimmy talking to me as I was shopping. I'm like, oh my God, I need the V-neck in maroon and like bright colors. I was like, Kimmy's voice is coming into my head right now. I did splurge and I bought, this was probably an impulse purchase, but I bought a really pretty mask. It's like silk and it has like <laughs> flowers really and it was like 40 mask. bucks. On, it was like $40. And I'm like, this is going to be my new date mask. 
Only in 2020 <laughs> are people splurging on masks. My my coworker came in the other day with like a Louis Vuitton mask. Yeah. I'm like, what? what? I mean, it's so it's core real? to your look right now. So core. I don't think this is the most protective mask. They kind of <laughs> said like, oh, it's good if you're like going to restaurants and you'll probably take it off anyways. Like, I don't know if I'd wear it on like a plane, but yes. It is very pretty. I know. I just invested because at the beginning of COVID, I was like, I just need two masks and I'll just, you know, wash one and wear one. And now I have like 30 because now I want a tie-dyed one. I have a metallic (laughs) one. I bought mask chains so that I no longer have to just put them in my pocket. I just wear it like a necklace. Julie, if you're interested, I'll get you one. (laughs) Yes. Maybe we should have Kimmy do a segment all about masks. Ooh. Because you know, there are different fitting masks. Some of them do not look good on me. Yes. Maybe we should add this in. This is like a new on the fly idea, but I like it. Let's do it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of other excitement. We have another live stream coming this week. We're going to keep up these once a month community live streams. This one probably won't be as long as last time, but we'll be able to answer all the burning questions that people have in a live stream format. And to get access to this, join the sounding board. You've heard us talk about it for a while. Sounding board is a curated community and also we offer resources on a monthly basis to guide you through this crazy world of modern dating. So as part of the package is you could have access to the uh, live streams and then this event with Kimmy Seltzer. And depending on what tier you sign up for, you could also sign up for one-on-one coffee dates with Julie and I. We just did two today. They were so much fun. So fun. (laughs) So sounding board, just go to datablepodcast.com slash sounding board and you can get all the info. It's been really rewarding for us, too, to get to know everyone on a more personal basis. So we're not talking to a thousand people in our Facebook group, but now it's a much smaller community. Yep. And we also made a smaller Facebook group for sounding board members only because as you guys might have known, when we hit a thousand members, we lost Facebook rooms. So we have this smaller group that's now going to be for the happy hours and for the podcast discussion groups. And now we can open up some other things we're going to do. We're going to do a book club now. You know, we're going to, you know, potentially people ask like, oh, can I put my fa- my profile up to get reviewed? And it's just honestly, we can't control it with a thousand people. It's just like, it's a really personal matter. Just like one person saying something shitty can really be bad. So um, we're going to be able to do this stuff with the trusted group a lot more. So we're super excited. We think it's going to bring more opportunities. Some of the people that were in the happy hour last week was like, this was so great. It let us like really keep strengthening these bonds with the people Mm -hmm. that we're seeing. So if you're again, like if you're not on the sounding board, but you've gone to the happy hours, you've seen the benefits, like we get that now they're going to be part of the paid offering. But we hope you can support us, you know, $6 a month if you do it annually is what a coffee, bougie, but maybe a bagel and a coffee if you're not in San Francisco. (laughs) San Francisco, it's a coffee. (laughs) Half a coffee. No almond milk. That's an extra $2. You can still have your almond milk. We also did the monthly challenge too. our first monthly challenge. We're still trying to find like the right name for this series. But I like we started it off and it's available to everyone that joins. So even if you join now, you can get in on it. And it's all about limiting beliefs. And I actually saw one of mine show up. Like we did a lot of like exercises and prompts and ways that people can kind of discover their limiting beliefs and try to reframe their mindset. And I saw one of mine show up in the flesh this week. 
Really? Yes. We had a post in the Facebook group and someone originally posted about just like challenges of being more overweight when dating, about body image. There was one comment that was very negative and we actually ended up removing this person from the group because it was not in line with our values. And I commented back and kind of put up a post around my experience because I've definitely this was one of the limiting beliefs that I brought up and it's definitely Mm -hmm. something I've experienced my entire adult life is body image and I put up a post around uh, a past episode we've done with Natalie Carey everybody Mm -hmm. beautiful and made a comment that we discussed about like different cultures having different expectations of beauty and I've seen this firsthand of like you know like I think like British men, for example, have been attracted to me because I think they're like what they see. They don't, the word I used, and this is where I checked myself, was that rail thin is not like, you know, what they identify as a standard beauty. Like in America, like you, there's this ideal to be super thin. And I use the word rail thin. And someone did reply back and they said like, hey, you know, that is actually kind of offensive to me Mm. who is really thin and trying to gain weight. And I also Mm. struggle with body image. And I was like, oh, my God, I totally let my own bias come in because I was like, oh, everyone that is super thin has it really easy with dating, right? you know, because that's my experience. And I had to be like, oh, my God, she's right. Like, this is Mm -hmm. just as offensive. It's just not the way I'm thinking. It's not my experience, but it doesn't make it just as offensive. And it was a good reminder that, like, Everyone experiences different things, and this is not what's holding me back. It's my perception of it that's holding me back. That's what I love about this group. You can have open discussions like this and kind of open our eyes to this other perspective mm-hmm. instead of just assuming that this other group must have it so easy, must have it so good. We always have men saying, oh, women must have it so easy on dating apps. They must get all kinds of matches and they're going on date after date. It's good for them to join this group to see the challenges that women face on dating apps as well. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm re- I'm really digging the conversations in this group. They just get deeper and deeper. Yeah, and we talked about really on good. the episode evidence seeking. So seeing yeah. other people's perspectives, I'm like, Okay, this is evidence right here that it's not just because of my own body image feelings that is what it is. Everyone deals with this in a different way. For sure. And it's related to our episode for today. Mm -hmm. It's all about changing your mindset. We say this all the time. There's so many things in dating that you cannot control, but there's only one thing you can control, which is your own mindset. You can control that. And by changing your mindset, you could change the outcome of your love life. So Case Kenny, who is a an Instagram favorite of a lot of people, I think it's just like he's so big on Instagram now. Uh, he is, uh, I guess, a mindset master. I would call him that. He helps you rethink and reposition certain scenarios and how to take better control of your mindset and your perspective. And he's been so instrumental in, during COVID to help with some of the things that you may be experiencing with his Instagram posts, which are these really awesome um, sticky notes that he writes, like just really great messages on. Or he has this workbook all about changing your mindset. His podcast is called 
new mindset who dis. <laughs> so <laughs> it all it all ties together. Yeah, I was gonna say he's more than just the Instagram sticky note guy. He is. <laughs> there is a man behind the Instagram <laughs> sticky notes. A very lovely man indeed. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but we both UA and I were like, who are some male voices that we can mm-hmm. get on? Involved male. This is all coming full circle to like our earlier conversation. Someone that is in touch with their emotions, someone that can communicate. We're both like Case Kenny, we need to get him. <laughs> we like reached out he like replied instantly he's like i'm so down and we're like yes (laughs) we had a great conversation with him this is such an awesome episode i needed this i need a reminder of this yeah originally we're like maybe this should be the end of season but we're like no we need to get it out we need people right now especially like mindset is so important with everything and yeah like this this stuff is going to help you today so we did not want to wait another day Before we get to Case Kenny's episode, his interview, shall we take a sponsor break? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Yes, yes. In these crazy times, as as we've all seen in this last week, it feels good to know that we're not alone in whatever we're going through. So take a moment for yourself today. How are you feeling and how do you want to feel? With Julie and I, we know that working with a mental health professional is a great way to help you just navigate everything going on in the world. BetterHelp offers online counseling with professional, credible, and compassionate therapists in a safe and private environment. Their counselors specialize in depression, pandemics, relationships, elections, and other areas. (laughs) With 3,000 U.S. licensed professionals across all 50 states, they make it easier than ever to find help. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp to recruit additional counselors in all 50 states. So for Datable listeners only, you get 10% off your first month with the code Datable. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health today. Simply fill out the questionnaire. Just go to betterhelp.com slash Datable and use the code Datable for 10% off your first month. D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Okay, now we can get to case. And... Case, the man behind the most interesting sticky note sayings on Instagram ever. I mean, it's just brilliant that all your posts are just text on sticky notes, but so many people are engaged with it. One of my favorites, I don't know about you, Julie, I'm sure you have a favorite too. This is my favorite. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Love that. That's so great. Do you come up with these yourself? Uh, I come up with most of them. I didn't come up with that one, but the longer ones, because I have a lot of feelings and things to say, are are by me. Um, the ones where I have like multiple. Uh, the other ones, some of them yes, mm. some of them no. Uh, but majority of them, yeah. It is funny. Just like I, I don't know what it is about like writing something out and then putting it in front of my feet that makes it like so much more popular than if it wasn't it's weird i, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> people have a foot fetish it's Apparently, okay. yeah, <laughs> you find the, out all your audience just into your feet <laughs> like i don't know yeah. he, he actually has text i don't know that. <laughs> yeah. we did repost one to the dateable feed a while back and i would have to say this is still my favorite so we give you a little shout out but nice. you had shout out to everyone who is cool with being single but also cool with falling in love nothing is broken there's nothing to fix just living but open 
open to the day when someone comes into their life and amplify the fun and happiness they're already got going on. I feel like those are words to wisdom that we're definitely going to break down more on this episode. Absolutely. And you're more than just sticky notes. Like, it would be great if your full-time job was writing sticky notes, but the, the man behind the sticky notes is more than that. Who is he? He's 32 years old, lives in Chicago. He's been there for nine years, originally from Chicago. So a lot of loyalty there. He's pretty single, taking a dating sabbatical, and he's host of the podcast. I love the name of your podcast. New Mindset, Who Dis? (laughs) Also posts, you know, the best sticky note sayings, like we said on Instagram. And he has a line of journals that help you reframe your mindset. The 60-day new mindset journal, which I know two of my friends have already gotten. And they're totally, like, doing it to get over a heartbreak. And then the dating workbook, Single is Your Superpower. So I, I we alluded to this, but why we love you and are still in love with you, Case, is we're all about mindset shift because I think a lot of dating is about blaming other people but we really have to look inward and something you said recently on an episode you said people want change but they don't want to change and that's the issue is that they want the results and the benefits Mm -hmm. but they're not willing to take action and change and part of that change comes with your mindset and mindset is something that you can control and in fact in dating it's the only thing you can control. So today we have you on our show to talk about three major problems that people may face in dating and what are some ways to change your mindset around these three scenarios. But before we get to that, Julie and I are just so curious, (laughs) how did you even get into this space? I mean, even in the beginning, you said, I have a lot of feelings. I don't hear many (laughs) men saying that. So how did you even get into this? (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I like, I say it all the time, almost to the point where people are like, case, we freaking get it. Like, you're just the guy, you listen to house music, you like Chipotle, we get it, we get it, we get it, we get it. But like, I say that so often because I'm, I'm literally just a dude. I have like, I never had any aspirations to be a self-help person. I don't, I don't even like the word self-help to be honest, but I say it because it helps people understand what I do in a sense. Uh, So I never had any plans to do that. Definitely never in a million, million years that I think I would be giving advice on dating. I thought maybe at some point I could give advice on other things. Uh, I've always been a pretty introspective guy, but on dating, like, hell no. Never, <laughs> never even thought of it. Um, and it's funny, I, I've been podcasting for two years. All my quotes come from the podcast. Um, so I appreciate you saying I'm more than just a, a quote guy. Uh, so it's <laughs> like, even on the podcast, I waited, and this is because I'm 14 years old. I waited until episode 69 to even talk about relationships. You're such a um, dude. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> see, there you go. Validated in the conversation itself. So like never, never even thought I was qualified. I still don't think I'm really qualified. I think I am good at some things and it offers value. So of course I lean into it, but never thought I'd be doing this. I mean, the whole case story in 30 seconds is I started writing and podcasting um, like three years ago. I was in a relationship for a long time, uh, two and a half years. Like we lived together. It was serious, got out of it. And I was like, who is case? What am mm. I doing? I had kind of thrown my whole identity behind the relationship and work popped out of it. And I was like, whoa, who am I without the relationship? And more importantly, who am I without work? Right? I should, I should definitely create that. So I started just podcasting as a means to ask myself questions in real time. I think it's much more challenging to ask yourself a question on a, in an audio format than writing. Mm. Writing, you could kind of hide behind your words, but I feel like I'm much more vulnerable when I talk. So I just started doing it, talking about mindfulness things, talking about feelings 
things like that. And then eventually I was like, all right, well, I have an opportunity here. It is episode 69. So I should do something and started just giving my thoughts on relationships. And people were like, yo, this is awesome. I I respond to what people think is helpful. So I continue to dish up uh, whatever I can serve in that sense. So that's the the short version of it. I mean, we always say it too. It's relationships is like one aspect, like everything kind of interplays together when it comes to just how you show up and all of that. So like, what are some techniques other than people starting their own podcast, (laughs) (laughs) putting out all their feelings? What are some other ways like people can kind of get in touch with that type of stuff? Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if my advice was, well, you got to start a podcast. Uh, (laughs) It's like, uh, tell me new podcast on the scene tomorrow. (laughs) It's very specific. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, the whole, like the word I use for everything I talk about, it's not self-help, it's not self-development, it's mindfulness. Mindfulness, I like the word because it's much more apt to what I, what I talk about and dating, happiness, fulfillment, anything comes down to mindfulness and mindfulness simply means self-awareness. And I think self-awareness is the key to literally everything in life. Like you can, I could dish up any problem in dating or relationships. And a lot of it comes down to, to your point earlier, you want something, but you don't do it. You don't know why you're doing something in the first place. You're not listening to yourself. You're just being a kind of a a walking mummy in a sense. So like everything comes down to self-awareness, which is why everything that I talk about kind of is um, around this idea of asking yourself more questions so you can come to the answers you want. Everyone wants answers, right? They want to know, mm-hmm. when, when am I going to be successful? Who am I going to love? Who's going to love me? When am I going to be happy? All these things. You're not going to stumble into those things. You're going to work into them. And the start of that comes from the questions you ask yourself. So like everything that I talk about, mindfulness, whether it's relationships or just life, comes down to the questions you ask yourself so that you can be more self-aware. And when you're more self-aware, you make you make better decisions. You date with intention. You mm-hmm. you it just Everything flows together. So so it's kind of a vague thing, but when you start get down like to the actual execution of it, it just it just makes sense. Well, let's take one step back because now I'm wondering, Case, how did you even find these tools or even know the word mindfulness yourself? I mean, did you were your parents did they br- bring you up this way? Did you learn about this uh, when you were in high school? I don't know. It's just it's something that I recently stumbled upon and I'm like 80 years old. So I just don't understand like how <laughs> you were able to stum- stumble upon this all of a sudden and s- find such a connection with it. I don't know. It's a, I get that question a lot. And like, I really don't, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't read a lot of books, like self-help books. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I didn't, I haven't learned a lot of this from other people. It's funny. I'll, I'll do an episode and some, someone will reach out to me. They'll be like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist or I'm a, I'm a therapist. And like, what you said is this and this and this. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought of this on my own. <laughs> so it's, it's honestly really weird. And then like, people ask me like, you're like, how do you do it? Like you seem to have this this thing about you where you could just, you know, talk about these things and it makes sense. And I appreciate that, of course. But to me, it's like, I don't know, it's just one of those things. Like if you ask a, like a great athlete, like how they do something, they're like, I don't know, I just do it. It just comes naturally to me. Like if I sit down in my chair right over there on a Sunday and I put on the right music and I give myself a prompt, I'll just vomit out all these feelings in about an hour and I'll sit down and record it and it just comes naturally to me. So I think, but honestly, to answer your question, I think it comes down to, I'm probably, I think I'm more self-aware than the average person and I never had labels to it. I never used words like mindfulness or anything like that, but I don't know. I'm pretty good at reading myself. Not always good on acting on it, but I'm good, good at reading on it. Um, so I don't know, uh, not a, not a great answer, but it's just like some people have certain abilities. Like I feel, I feel like I'm wired to be an optimist. 
Everything is glass half full to me. It just is. It's just the way it is. You know what, though? That's going to be so good because we want to break down. Because I feel like in dating, you know, whatever is going on for you, you're going to get curveballs. Like things just do not go according to plan is what we've all learned. Like whatever stage you're in, whether you're like just dating people for the first time or ending a relationship or whatever it may be, like there's always ups and downs. And I think we always say on this podcast, like, what UA was saying earlier, it's like the only person you can really control is yourself and how you process this. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great way for us to jump into some of these common scenarios so we can kind of see your thought process and kind of put like the words behind right. like what mindfulness <laughs> really means. Okay, cool. So should we, go, should we go with the first scenario that's kind of one that people always seem to bring up? Yes. Can I act this out? I feel like I need to act this out just so we're like, you know, in the right mindset. Do for it. This. Do it. Take it. We hear this so much. And this has happened to me. This has happened to Julie. This has happened to my cousin's best friend. You know, like it's just everybody. Everybody ha has experienced this exact scenario. I went on a few dates with someone and I really like them, but they stopped returning my calls and my texts. Looks like they've flaked on me or ghosted me. In fact, we had a date plan for Saturday. It's now Friday. I still haven't heard from them. What's going on? Like, it, it just seems like they don't like me. Am I undateable? Am I just not worthy? Does something happen between the last time I saw them to now where they changed their mind about me? Did they find something about me on the internet? Like, what is it about <laughs> yeah. me that made them change their mind? Yeah, your your haunted past came out somewhere on the internet <laughs> and they, they discovered it. I mean, that's like, that's classic ghosting 101. And you never know the, the true reason. Um, like, I, I've never ghosted someone. And I don't say that as like trying to sound noble. I've just never, never done it. Because um, I think it's incredibly rude and disrespectful. And I would never, ever want that to happen to me. But I mean... I can look at something like that if I were to be ghosted and I, I would be fine with it. And again, this is my optimism in effect every time. I'll be like, I, yo, I would, yo, see exactly. See, yo. Yo, wow. Yo, listen. <laughs> 69 bits. Yo, listen, ghoster. Coming All right. for you. Get a Chipotle and come over. Right. Uh, professional it up. Uh, I, I, could look, I, could, I could look at that. I would much rather you ghost me after date three than after date eight. So in that respect, yeah. I'm super grateful. Like, so I, that's immediately how I look at things. And I know that's like, people are like, Case, that sounds really cool but is that realistic three great dates like maybe you were vulnerable with this person maybe started to develop feelings like that really sucks like there's no way around it but i think if you can spin it to something like that and like actually believe it then that's super helpful and the other thing of course to consider is something like that happens and you you feel very isolated and it feels very personal of course it's gonna feel personal but isolated in the sense you're like man i got ghosted or maybe i even got ghosted again like this is the second time this is the third time there's something wrong with me i look on instagram no one else is having this problem. Everyone mm. else is, is coupled up and happy and it's, you know, cuffing season. And it's great. So I think you combine my first mindset of finding gratitude in it in a sense. And the second mindset of realizing that you're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. And like, this isn't an isolated thing that happened to you because you're undateable and unlovable and all these, you know, negative assumptions you could jump to. Like it's very common men and women don't want confrontation and it's so much easier just to, to ghost. So, I mean, that's like just at a, at a glance, knee jerk reaction to that. Like that's how I would approach it. So, how, okay. Cause I, agree. Everything is, I feel like we tend to take things personally. I've definitely mm -hmm. been guilty of this. And I think over the years have been a little more like, try to look at the facts, like you were just saying, like this happens to a lot of people. It's not just me. Like, how do we move from having this like me mentality to more of like, 
look, let's look at the facts and really assess what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's self-awareness 101. I remember I, so I, I talked about this on the podcast probably a hundred episodes ago or something. So you probably didn't listen to it, but I went on like a second or third date with this woman in Chicago. And this was like the, the first one was like, whatever. Okay. I always like try to give people a second chance. Um, if I'm like, you know, it wasn't a good date. Maybe she was nervous. Maybe I was nervous, whatever. Like as long as it wasn't terrible, like I'm down for a second date. Went on a second date. We're like, I don't know, 25 minutes in drinking. And all of a sudden she, uh, she's like, I ordered an Uber. I got to go feed my dog. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I got to go feed my dog. So I walked her to Uber and she was gone. It happened in like two and a half minutes. It was oh my just God. like this thing. And I never heard from her. It was just done. It was gone. What? Yeah, it was it was the it was the craziest thing. I like I was like, am I like that I do I like I didn't say anything. It was this whole thing. Anyway, so I, I look at something like that and like I feel like a lot of people have been like, what happened? Like, man, I really messed that up. Blah 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 blah. But I mm-hmm. literally look at that and I'm like, that like says a lot about her. Like that one, she wouldn't communicate to. That's kind of rude, but you know, it is what it is. Or three, like I look at her and I approach it with immediate empathy. I'm like, you know. Humans are humans. Probably, maybe she got back with her ex. Her ex was in town, something like that. Maybe something happened. I don't know, but it is what it is. I can look at that and provide rationale so I don't go down this spiral of self-doubt. And to me, like that comes really easy. I'm not sure that comes easy to other people, but that to me, that's a really just effective way of approaching approaching everything with empathy as an immediate knee-jerk reaction instead of judgment. I, in fact, I did a podcast on not taking things personally in life. And it's this idea of approaching people as puddles or oceans. Puddles mm-hmm. have no depth, right? So you look at a puddle, you're like, yo, that's a puddle. Like it is what it is. Like that person sucks. Like I hate her She or she hates me or whatever negative thing you jump to. Or you could be like, she's a puddle or she's, she's an ocean. Like there's depth. Maybe she's got something with her ex, maybe something with family. Maybe she's got things going on in her life. It is, you know, it doesn't make the pain subside anymore, but maybe she's got things going on. I'm just going to take a step back, let her live her life. And I think that kind of approach, it really does help you to not take things so personally being empathetic for me. And fun fact about her, actually, like five months later, she texted me and wanted to go out again. So of course, circle she's of a life. Ghost. Yeah, exactly. They resurrect. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that, That's the thing, though, is like you don't ever know what's going on with people, especially if you've only been on a couple dates with them. Like how long have you really been with them? Like you have no idea. So, I mean, I think a lot of us, it is a hard skill to learn to like not take things so personally. But I do think like any way to like look at all the options that could be going on. So at least you can say like maybe I'm one option, but I'm not every I'm not the only reason this is happening. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't like, maybe you are the reason. It is what it is. If you are the reason and maybe like you just weren't gelling and you're not her person or you're not his person, right. that's fine. You mean, I mean, that's a whole nother subject of, of moving past, you know, like straight up rejection. Like I'm not interested in you. That's different from being ghosted, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I mean, I give yourself options. Don't like put yourself in a corner where the only option is you're an unlovable person. Right. Like, I mean, it's kind of hand in hand because it's like confidence. Like if this person doesn't like me and want to be with me, then like F that. Like I'm going to find someone that wants that to be That should with be me, the right? mindset. Yeah. And yeah. we've all, we've all, I think all of us have been on the other side of this where you go on a date with someone who's pretty great. But due to some other circumstances, you want to get out for some reason. Maybe you're not ready to get back into dating. Maybe you're still getting over someone. And all you want to do is get out of that date. It has nothing to do with that person. Mm -hmm. And we can always, like, put ourselves on the other side of the situation, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've been been on dates in years past where I, like, 
you know, I was like, I, I should go. I need to put myself out there. I need to go on a date. I get there. I'm like, oh, I'm just not ready. I really yeah. want to leave mm-hmm. this date right now. I'm going to go feed my dog, whatever. Everyone like reacts differently. So like, I, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a great way to put it for sure. So what is like the first step that someone should take to change their mindset as soon as that story comes into their mind of I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I am not dateable. Like what is something they can do tactfully to change that mindset? Well, I mean, I think every scenario is different. I mean, I think the the most like, this is kind of cliche, but it really does help me. And I did an episode on this recently as well. It's like, not everyone is meant to be permanent in your life. Even someone that you went on two dates with that says they're not interested in you. Like, I still think there's something to be learned from that experience. Like that person could have Mm -hmm. taught you something in that immediate experience. Like you could still learn to appreciate something good within that experience. Like if you go on a date with someone once and they're not interested in you, I... This is just me, but I don't know how you could take something personally from three hours with someone. Right. Right. And even even three dates, call it nine hours with someone. Like that's just not enough time. So like how can you take it personally when someone says they're not interested in you when you haven't even shown them anything to be interested in? So to me, it's like unfathomable. But again, I am human. So I, this this is what I do, as I say, not as I do sometimes. Like, but like, I, I think that is important to know. It's like, this person doesn't even know me. I don't even know this person. So like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take it personally. But so let's say you do get to know someone and there's some, you know, it goes a little somewhere and then it, and then it ends. I mean, I still think, you know, you could realize they're permanently, they're there to teach you a truth about yourself. And I think you could find a truth in four or five dates and then it ends. I still think you could find something there that you could be grateful for that you could take to the next date, like, what do they always say? Like, you know, it it breaks your heart, but opens your eyes or whatever. Like, I think there's always an opportunity for you to open your eyes. Like, even if it is after four dates to go into dating someone else and leverage some of those truths to to be more intentional with how you date, like, there's an upside to everything. So I don't remember what your original question was, but (laughs) that was was basically it. All right. (laughs) Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it. This episode is sponsored by Vaya. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC. THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Vaya also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm 
often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the walls. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I love it. Should we go to scenario two? Because I feel like what you said kind of goes into that. So I'm going to read this one because I can resonate with this one hardcore. Uh (laughs) Act it out, Julie. (laughs) I don't even have to act. I just need to just tell you how I feel. But it's like when the relationship ends, you know, it's like I'm never going to meet someone again. Like this was my one shot at love. It's going to be terrible to be single and back out there at X age. All the stories that come into your mind when something ends, this feeling of uh, scarcity instead of abundance. Like, how do you work through that type of thing? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think there's a, a, a couple of different things. I mean, for me, after a breakup, you know, there's all kinds of things that you're going to go through. You're going to go through wanting to find closure to help close that door so that you can open up another door. You're going to go through, you know, wh- whatever the five stages of like denial and anger and all, and all that kind of stuff. I don't even know. Uh, but I think for me, like ground one, ground level foundational, like setting myself awareness is something I mentioned earlier. It's like, I am grateful. Let's say it ended. Uh, let's say I ended it. Let's say she ended it. Let's say it's we're both frustrated, whatever, regardless of whether you wanted it to end or didn't want it to end. This is day one of growth from there. I talk a lot about this, like in my opinion, and I've been through several breakups that were like two, three year long relationships. So I'm not just, you know, theorizing here. It's like out of a breakup in my mind, you're guaranteed to grow through it. I never met someone who doesn't get out of a relationship and not grow in some kind of way. So there's immediate I wouldn't say gratitude, but there's an immediate realization that like you're human, like you're wired to evolve. Like I don't know, even know if like on the like the, the fields of Africa thousands of years ago, like if you were kicked out of your tribe and you're alone, like you're gonna you're gonna evolve, like you're gonna learn to like fend and like and like hunt and gather and all these things, right? It's the same with like in 2020, I suppose. But it's like you're go, you're 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 wired to evolve and to level up, and you're gonna find a way to do that, whatever form that comes in. That's one thing. So I think that's really important. When you get out of a relationship, I think that the best thing you could do for yourself before you get into that mindset of being like scarcity and like, you know, uh, those kinds of things is reevaluating why you date. Like this was like the whole, 
mm-hmm. uh, the whole substance of, of my new book was you're dating. Why? Like, why are you dating? And like, I go round and round on this a lot, but it's like, people are like, what do you mean? Why do you date? Like, oh, you're supposed to date. Like you're human. You're not supposed to be alone. You're supposed to find compatibility with someone. You're supposed to date. You just, you just do it. Like why? Question mm-hmm. Like, yes, of course that's true. But I think like if you're, if, if you were to ask yourself, why am I setting up dates with someone or why do I want to date? Or even like bigger, like why do I want a partner? I think it's got to be more than just being saying like, well, I don't want to be alone or yeah. um, I, I want to spend my life with someone or, um, you know, uh, something like that. Like it's got to be more than that. Like those are valid reasons, of course, but I think it's got to be deeper and honestly a little bit more selfish than that. It's got to be more self-serving. Like my dating why is as cliche as it gets, but it's very self-serving. It's like, I want to find someone who helps make me a better person. Mm-hmm. And step two of that, of course, is I want to make her a better person and I want to share in that together and, and so forth. But fundamentally, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not a little bit self-serving in that. I want to find someone who pushes me and, and does all these things. Like that's why I want to date. But I feel like a lot of times people don't put in the work to understand that. They're like, well, I'm just going to date. I'm going to date. I'm going to date because I need to find someone. I need to find someone. And I, certainly that's biological in a sense. But mm-hmm. I think after a breakup, it's a really good opportunity to reevaluate that and kind of center yourself on, on your why. I think that's also really great too, because it, again, it provides facts for your, like, why this ended. You can also look at, like, was this the relationship that worked for me? Like, am I going to take this person off a pedestal? Because I think sometimes, it's sometimes when you go through a breakup, it's even less about the person. It's more of just like the life you could have had with them or like mm-hmm. not being single again. Like, it's, you know, it's like, how do you kind of work through that stuff and like lift off, you know, like, especially when I think almost the almost relationship, you've talked about this before, like, or a relationship that doesn't fully get off the ground. There's a lot of like gray area of like, what if, what could have happened? Okay. Okay. Now I've got a a better answer for your first question. I'm like, I'm like like a train. You got to give me moving a little bit before I I find my answer. Everything I just said, stand. So keep it in. We're just layering up that. (laughs) You just like delete it out. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think um, coming out of a relationship, yeah, you, you could develop these tendencies to be um, desperate, uh, maybe is a word for it, or, um, you know, frustrated and overeager. Uh, I did multiple podcasts on this. I put it in my book, but I call it, don't be so thirsty for potential. Like that's the biggest thing. Like mm. any, any, like personally, even personally, it's like the reason I've been in relationships that failed is, you know, I, I was in love with the vision of the future of together. Mm-hmm. I was in love with version 2.0 of her, not version 1.0. And yes, there's We've all been all there. Us, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, it's such a simple thing and everyone knows that, but it's so easy to fall in love with a vision of one, a future together, but two, a version 2.0 of that person where all their flaws that you clearly recognize now and some of them are red flags, you're envisioning this 2.0 state where they're no longer the case. So mm-hmm. like, that's the thing. I, I did an episode called Confessions of a Fuckboy. I think I was the fuckboy in that scenario. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, were you? The- well, you don't have guests, yeah, was, right? It was, so it's probably yeah, considering you. you know, yeah. <laughs> There's Guilty. only one person. <laughs> I just, I feel like I just got lawyered. Yeah, okay, fine. It was me. It was me. It was, it was definitely me. Uh, uh, but that's what I talked about. I, I talked about, you know, men, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say men, fuck boys. I'll say men who are not well-intentioned. They prey on that idea of potential because it's very easy to develop feelings for potential. It's very easy to develop a, a vision for p- potential and people who are not 
you know, men of character or women of character, you know, however you want to slice it, like they prey on that, right? They'll, they'll give you the, the dangle, the carrot of what version 2.0 is of what a future is and you buy into it. But even outside of people do it, we also do it to ourselves. We get in our own way because we latch on to those ideas and then you wake up three years later and you're like, well, for one, it's never been enough for me in the immediate. There's always been this red flag that mm-hmm. was never going to work itself out. And like that red flag was enough for me to probably have said or done something in the immediate. So I think that that is really important in like grounding, particularly after you get out of a relationship, because it's like, to your point, like it's scary. You're alone, you're older, you know, there's many things to consider. I think grounding yourself in why you're dating, maybe looking back and realizing that that relationship didn't align with your why. So that mm-hmm. feels good. You could pat yourself on the back or be grateful that now you're on day one of actually aligning with your why. And then when you're out there and you're doing it, I call it your hoe phase in a, in a positive, in a positive <laughs> way, you're not, you're not thirsty. So this oh. is the secret mindfulness people. Your yeah. Hoe yeah, phase. Just, yeah. Yeah. Hoe. You heard it here first. <laughs> but okay. So here's the other mindset that some people may have, and I've totally been there, is the idea of starting over is so daunting, especially as we get older, Mm -hmm. especially as we've invested so much into relationships. Maybe you've met the parents, maybe you've friends, maybe you've even talked about moving in together or have moved in together. You've invested so much of your life into a relationship and the thought of just picking back up, starting from ground zero is so whelming. What do you say to people in this mindset? Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I, I only really try to give advice from what I've experienced and I've never experienced that fully. Like I was in a long relationship, we lived together and I got out of it, but I think I clearly knew it wasn't right for me. So I, I you know, it was easier for me to, to adapt that. I mean, I wrote a whole book called Single is Your Superpower. So clearly I have a, a uh, filter when I look at being single. So I mean, if like, if you're single, and, and it's now what you want, I think there's peace that comes in accepting where you are. I mean, it, it just is what it is. I think also this idea of closure is really important there. I think once you, once like, even if you don't want to be single and you're single and, and it broke your heart and it's terrible, like I have a ton of empathy for that, but like there's some things you can't change. There's some things you can't change. So like the, the first step in, in that certainly is providing yourself with closure. I've, I've done episodes on this as well. The closure is something that you have to create for yourself, 100%. Like, I think a lot of people think that closure is like hooking up with your ex one last time to like be done with it, like, which is the most bananas idea to me in the world. Like, I could not think of a worse idea. Closure comes to you in the form of uh, reassurance from your partner that you weren't right for each other, you know, or some like mutual, peaceful acceptance that, you know, you're, you're better off not together or something like that. I don't like to me, that's not true closure. That's like you basically needing someone else's permission almost to move forward. And like the whole idea is you need to create closure yourself. Like you have mm-hmm. to find a way to do that. I, I can't give blanket blueprints on, on what that looks mm-hmm. like for everyone, but I think it comes from kind of everything that we, we touched on so far. But then from there, it's like, and I know it's not easy. Everyone's different. You know, I, it's tough for me to give blanket advice and say, you know, being single is amazing for everyone at every age and every you know, mm-hmm. city and so on. I, it, like I'm in Chicago, I'm 32 and I'm a, I'm a man. Like it's much easier for me to be single, right? Like, I understand that. But I think like, if I look at life, like I'll never, I don't like, you'll never look back and say, I regret being single. Like I just never, I've never heard someone say that. They mm. say, I, re- I regret shitty relationships. I regret, I regret right. being, putting myself in this scenario, that scenario. But I, I've never heard of someone say, I regret that time where I was just single 
and discovering things. Like I've never heard anyone say that because ultimately, hopefully that'll come at a point where you, you're looking back and like reflecting. So I don't know, long-winded way of saying it comes from creating that closure for yourself, not mutual closure, closure, but self pointed closure. And then aligning that with a sense of, of day one gratitude that single really is your superpower to drop my uh, cliche book title. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it really is like, you'll never regret being single. you you regret the things that you do poorly. You regret the decisions you make when you know you shouldn't make them. You regret the things that you do that mm-hmm. aren't aligned with your truth and your why, but I don't think you'll ever regret just being single. So like, trying to find a way to make peace with that. Like that's how I do it. And I think that that's helpful. So you, I think you're psychic because that is our third scenario, which is uh, (laughs) I'm single. I've been single for a while. What is wrong with me? Why are so many people coupled off? Even people who I think aren't that great have found partners. They said, they say there's a lid for every pot. Where is my lid? Is there something wrong with me? And I, I, you've touched upon a lot of this already in, um, you know, you talked about your journal, single is your superpower. And I, you've already, I think like for me, already talked about the first step, which is finding closure from your previous relationships when you're single. I, I would mm-hmm. say most people who are single aren't actually single. We talked about this in previous episodes. <laughs> yes. They're not. The single scale. Yeah, they're not, not fully single because they're either getting into something or getting out of something. So, Or someone's consuming your yes, mind that's not even exactly. there. Exactly. You have a, a mental relationship <laughs> with someone still. So step number one is finding that closure. But shifting that mindset to really embrace the power of singlehood and seeing it as almost a privilege. What are some other tactics that people can use for that? Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. That's a big part of it. Like I love being single. Like I love being selfish and doing my own thing and just being a nerd and just like whatever. And that's great. So like freedom is a big thing. I think the other thing is like, I look at life and I look at like what my goal is in life. You know, you can say things, I just want to be happy. I want to be fulfilled. But ultimately, my goal is to minimize regret. I don't want to die and look back and have regrets. And I think a lot of regrets we have in life are things that we came to believe that aren't based on experience, right? We believe what someone else said without seeing it, touching it, feeling it, smelling it, like so on and so forth. So with that as the context, I think that being single is the ultimate opportunity to experience things for yourself and figure it out for yourself. Not just like what you like and what you don't like and what you're attracted to and, and those kinds of things, but it, that's very important too. But it's like, I always, I always think it's funny when like I'll read a dating article on Thought Catalog or something and it'll be like 50 red flags. I'm like, wow, 50 is a lot, first of all. <laughs> I don't know if I have the capacity to read 50 red flags, but all right, go on. And like, there are all these ones and I'm like, okay, well, that's definitely one. But like that one doesn't really... I don't know, like things like that. It's like, I need Mm -hmm. to go out and see if it's a red flag for myself. I think regret comes from assuming other people's truths as your own. And that could be Mm -hmm. in any sense, that could be a career, that could be a personality, anything like that. But dating, it's so true. If, If someone says that a guy who isn't overly romantic and doesn't get you flowers is like is you know doesn't deserve your attention like yeah romance it sounds great but maybe that's like until you experience it yourself maybe that's like not that important to you because he makes you feel a certain way jump to a conclusion (laughs) and like so so, so things like that right 
I just think like being single is the ultimate opportunity to go out there and see and touch and smell and do whatever insert verb here you want to experience things for yourself and make your own conclusions. No more assumptions, more conclusions, no more assumptions, but like that's the whole thing. And to me, like that's awesome. Like there's no greater way to take power of your life than to prove things for yourself. And I, that's the greatest opportunity. So when I mentioned ho phase earlier, that's just a clickbait. <laughs> that's just a clickbait title, right? It's, it gets eyeballs on it, right? But I mean, it's it's the idea. For for one, if you if you if you do know your why and you do want to find someone, you've you've got to get out there. Like it's not going to bust through your wall like the Kool Aid Man and come and find you. Like they say, like you got to get out there. delivery it. guy. Exactly. Yeah, you're not gonna, you can't. You know, Instacart. <laughs> hey, post sometimes I'm cute. <laughs> Come on, I'm like, come yes, on. I'll give no. you a tip. Hi. I don't even know what they look like anymore with their masks oh, on. Oh, no, I go downstairs <laughs> just so I can look at them. Like, oh, who's, who needs some business right up? now? <laughs> I think, though, Casey, you said something. I totally, because I look at myself, I'm single right now, and I'm, like, in my, like, mid-30s where you're supposed to be settled down, right? And I actually look at it, and I'm like, I don't mind being single. It's the fact that society has told me that I shouldn't be single and I should feel badly for wanting to be single. And I think that's the mindset shift that needs to shift, right? Like to get like, is this what I want or is this what I'm being fed? That's the biggest thing. You're like, you're like tossing me softballs here. Like, this is great. Great interview. Like, <laughs> We're just mindful amazing. too. Yeah, don't clearly. worry. <laughs> like, my my biggest thing. You're so thirsty right now. <laughs> my, my, my biggest thing, my biggest thing. And I, and I, this is always my advice. Anytime I do an interview, if it's not about dating, about anything, give, give us like a one liner or whatever. It's, it's, I dropped this on a podcast a while back. It's that there's no right way to live your life. Okay. Fair enough. But there's a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there's a right way. Like that's the biggest thing for me. And I think like we we put ourselves in corners so frequently in every sense of our life. Oh, I haven't made a million dollars because that's what I'm supposed to have done. I'm not with someone because I'm 35 and I'm supposed to like, there, there truly is no right way to do that. I mean, and you could look at yourself and find validation of that. I'm sure everyone can in a sense, like I make a living from posting pictures of my feet on Instagram with quotes. Like clearly there's no right way to, to make money. Right. Right. And the, and the same goes for dating and relationships. I think like it doesn't dissipate the pressure. I think there's always going to be pressure. Like it's not, it's not going to poof, go away. But I think there is a lot of peace and freedom that re- comes from recognizing that there's no blueprint. There's no right way to do it. And no matter what Instagram tells you, like it's just it's just it's just not true. So I, to me, like that offers like so much freedom and it just like makes me calm down when I do kind of get in that mm-hmm. pressured mentality. But I mean, yeah. You, you nailed it. I mean, it's totally up to you. And the timeline is totally up to you. It's so important to recognize what your truths are. And like you said, Case, yes. like we can't take other people's truths as our own. For example, the other day I went on Facebook, one of my high school friends posted like 50 bucket list items you must accomplish in your life. And these were hers. And one of them was like, go to Florida. Another one was like, witness someone die. I'm like, no, I. What? that's not a bucket list item for me. But she was like, put a heart next to ones that you've accomplished i'm like no (laughs) these are not my truth but i think we see the same thing with articles that are like 50 things that you should think about when you're single 50 things to do to make yourself more dateable and it's not these aren't universal so it's like tapping into yourself and your intuition of what singlehood is about yeah 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 that yeah those are wow those are interesting bucket lists yeah but i mean (laughs) the list goes on (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's it that's it like i mean i think your truths come from your experience like i'd be hard pressed to think of a truth in my life 
that I have truly adopted that I haven't done or experienced myself because that would be so disingenuous to yourself and you would feel it and you'd feel misaligned. So I think it like, that's the case, like being single, getting out of a relationship, no matter like how you ended up being single, it's like the greatest opportunity to hit reset on so many things, right? Hit reset on your why. So that one, you can look back and like validate that you're out of the relationship for a reason because it doesn't align with your why. And then that you could find closure in that. And then you could use that to move forward to, you know, find and validate or create new truths that are important to you at this stage in your life that you maybe didn't have previously. Like it's chapters. I, my latest podcast episode was this idea of life isn't just one long big chapter. It's multiple chapters and Mm -hmm. like super, super cheesy, of course. But like when you look at it that way, you're much more apt to make changes. I think if you consider life to be one long chapter, you're like, oh shit, like I make a wrong move there. It's going to plummet me. But if you look at it as multiple chapters and you can open and close, um, Mm -hmm. you know, them accordingly, it just like, it, it shows you that like your happiness is tied to words like grace and humility, like the enthusiasm to close a chapter that even if you didn't want to close it, you're okay with it because you know, you can open up another one and in that one you can discover truths and validate your why and, and so on and so forth. So like, I, yeah. I love that analogy I because that. it's also like you have to close a chapter in order to open a new one. You can't skip ahead because right. then you won't know what's going on. This right. is true. That's really important. I do want to park this idea of digging into the why because I want to do this exercise with Julie. <laughs> we, we need to do this. But do you think some people are just too good at being single to the point where they don't want to find love? What do you, what do you say to those people? Uh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I, like I, I'm, I haven't gone on a date in a year, which sounds weird coming from the guy who gives dating advice. I have plenty of experience over like my mid twenties and early thirties, but like, I, I love being single. Like it's so like, I've grown so much through it. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, I don't think it's forever. Like I know mm-hmm. it's not forever. I know eventually I'll be like, all right, it's, it's time. Like I've got my selfish out, yeah. um, selfish in quotes, uh, not a negative thing, uh, <laughs> my priorities. And now I'm, I'm realigned with wanting to find that person who's aligned with my why and, and so on and so forth. So I like, I, if I don't, if someone's like, I'm scared that I don't want a relationship, I would say that's fine. I mean, don't it's worry about forever. it. Like, it's it's, it's totally that. cool. Like eventually you're going to evolve and want to. Maybe you're the outlier and you truly never want to be in a relationship. Well, there you go. That's validation that there's no right way and you can still be happy. So either way, it, yeah, I think there's a, a path. I think another thing is like, we, and this kind of goes full circle to your post-it quote that I pulled out of like, that it doesn't need to be an either or so much. Like, I think for so long, I've thought to like, if I like being single, then does that mean I'm not a relationship person? And I'm some like, I've seen at least in my own self, and I'm sure others have too. It's like, I can thrive being single, I can thrive being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be so like, two options that you have. Yeah, it's not mutually exclusive. You're not I mean, that's so true. And everything changes. I mean, you could wake up tomorrow and not want what you thought you wanted the day before. Like that's the gift of being human. It's the power of choice and then the power of action to to act on that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's and it's or it's it's yes, it's no, it's it's whatever you want in, in the moment. So I see no problem with that at all. I was just going to say that because nothing is permanent. So whatever you feel today, just take a mental image of it and do do regular check-ins with yourself. How do I feel today about being mm-hmm. single? How do I feel today about 
where I am in my life and just keep doing that because you are a dynamic person. You're going to keep changing. That's why I think journaling is so important and mm. out my own mm-hmm. products, but just journaling in general or some kind of conscious question asking is so important. Totally. And like I developed this journal concept and people are like, Case, why did you put this one question every single day? Like we get it. You think it's an important question for 60 days. I'm like, well, do it for 60 days and then come back to me and tell me how your answer changed. Mm. Changed a lot. If it was the same, then you probably aren't being honest with yourself. Like I'm, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe because I'm, I'm like kind of ADD, like over 60 days, I'm going to be all <laughs> over the place. But I feel like it's human nature to change and you just need validation of that. And you need to do the, to your point, little check-ins in some way to kind of brain dump how you're feeling. Because I think if you don't take the time to like analyze yourself and not like cycle analyze like Mercury's in retrograde, like what's my sign, what's going <laughs> on kind of vibe and no hate there. I just, I, always never really understand that but asking yourself pointed questions about how you're feeling versus how you want to feel and then mm-hmm. finding what's the path to doing that one day you might want to feel this way the next day you might want to feel another way but unless you figure that out you're going to you're just blind you're just like letting the wind drift you right so it comes down to what we open the podcast with self awareness like self awareness is everything self awareness guides your why it guides your intention it guides your action everything <laughs> So clearly a big fan of self-awareness. <laughs> In case you and I got to do a little bit of investigative work with Julie, because I want to know her why for dating. Oh, is this, <laughs> yeah, we're going, going here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think my why, I definitely have a side similar to what Case said of someone that helps me grow into like, like the best version of myself. That's the selfish piece. But then also someone that I can also help them grow and support them and build a life with someone. I think that's really ultimately is like, I want someone that is a life partner that really is a partner. I think the key word for me is equal partner. I, well, I love that. I think that's I think that's very human. One of the things that I didn't weave into an answer, but I think is really, really important that a lot of people said was helpful is I did this episode. I called it, uh, what did I call it? Imperfect love for perfect people. No, perfect love mm. for imperfect people, right? The other way around, clearly. Basically talking about this idea of, you know, I, I have friends who are single in their 30s. These are men, well-off, successful, good-looking dudes, right? And Where are they? Right. Let's, they're, they're, uh, let's bring them on the podcast. We have people that want I mean, to meet you can just them. Pause just right there. No, just we have a lot of single women who listen to the podcast, so, so they're just, like, "Oh, hey." I'll put I'll put their handles in the, in the description. Uh, Thanks you. I uh, I talk to them, and like sometimes the conversation is like, "Man, I just I don't I think I'm always going to be single because I can't find the perfect woman." Um, and then I hear it on the other side too, yeah. and I'm like, "I'm like, man, first of all, I'm giving advice here from something I haven't lived because I'm not married and I haven't found the perfect person yet." But I think we need to drop this idea of the perfect love. Oh, like so, yes, so, so hard. Yes. Like, and I get that. I want to find someone I'm physically attracted to and that'll last forever. I want to find someone who's successful and driven. I want someone who's funny. I want someone who's compassionate and kind and all these things. But at a certain point, you're going to, you're going to find someone who is so, so, so compassionate and empathetic and, and funny and driven, but they're not your, your peak vision of, a, of, of physical attraction. But that's going to be totally fine because everything aligns around those more important things or vice versa, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who am I to judge? Maybe, you know, the, the physical thing erodes some of the other things. Who knows? But regardless, like, <laughs> I, I just find these conversations where it's like, it has to be perfect. It has to be absolutely perfect. And for me, it's like the perfect thing about relationships I've had in the past. And like my vision for the perfect relationship is how that person makes you feel. That's, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's everything. Right. I mean that, how do you define connection? It's, it's a feeling 
right? So it's like, think about like, when you think about your why, that's the reason I brought it up. It's like, what is the feeling associated with your why? And there's lots of different adjectives you could bring up. You could say supported or vulnerable or driven or whatever. Figure out what that adjective is. And like, that is what makes a relationship and a, per- a person perfect. Not like your, your bullshit checklist that so many people want. So anyway, I thought I would yeah. add. I think my other why I was thinking about this as you were saying it is like someone that fully sees me and I fully see them. Like they can go. have mm. the perfections. Like no one's perfect. Come on. No go. one is perfect. Like the end <laughs> of the day, I think, you know, that I love this whole, like how they make you feel. Cause I feel like for so long and I'm sure others can relate to this like when I was I think at the peak of my like serial dating life like I was always just your whole life (laughs) it was my chapter okay the chapter is closed it's on a new chapter now (laughs) so my serial life chapter that or serial dating not serial (laughs) life (laughs) serial dating chapter I feel like um with that I was always just trying to see like did that person like me? Did they want to go out with me again? And I never thought about, or did they fit the criteria? Like Casey were saying, do they have a good job? Do they, you know, look a certain way, all of that. And I think ultimately it is all down to the feelings and like there's techniques too. like, this is going to sound super bougie, but I'll say it anyways, you ain't knows this, but one of my favorite things that I would do is like, this started actually after a really bad breakup, but I would go to um, the hot springs in Sonoma and I would, mm. I literally went by myself. It was like one of the things, and now I do this on a semi-regular basis. And it's like a, like a couple solid days of like reflection where it's like, you have your journal, there's different books I've read that's like visualization techniques and stuff. And like one of them was like, can you imagine how you would feel like on a Saturday with your partner? Like how, what would you be doing? How would you be feeling like all of that and I think just getting in touch with that stuff does help you recognize like when it actually shows up and you can see those feelings I love that I mean kudos to you for doing that I I think that's a great opportunity to reset I mean I think all these things go hand in hand so powerfully, right? I talk a lot about the law of attraction, for example. Mm -hmm. Similar idea here, right? Once you develop your why, you're going to want to visualize it, right? But the law of attraction for me isn't isn't about visualizing what you want. It's it's visualizing what you believe in, right? Mm -hmm. And what you believe in, belief... A belief is a belief in a truth and a truth is a feeling. Uh, a truth is a value. Um, it's something like kindness or empathy or confidence, right? Things like that. It's the same, it's the same for your why. All these concepts go hand in hand so well together. You know, it comes down to a feeling and visualizing a feeling and aligning the feeling with your why and, and so on and so forth. And then, you know, validating that feeling based on experience when you're in your hoe phase and like things like that. I, I just think like, it's always funny to me talking about dating and relationships because what we're talking about right now isn't particularly groundbreaking. No. Like everyone knows this stuff, but people don't act on it and people don't iterate on it enough, right? We don't think about yeah. it enough. So mm-hmm. it's like, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're just pointing out the fact that there is a wheel and you need to stare at it mm-hmm. a lot and often through some kind of introspection practice to, to your point, exactly what you do in Sonoma or journaling or something like that just forces you to evaluate why are you doing what you're doing? Or even more fundamentally, why do you think you want what you want? Do you actually want mm. what you want or do you think you yeah. want what they told you to want? Like there's all these different layers. to. I ask this all the time, every five minutes, why am I doing this? But <laughs> I think, correct me if I'm wrong, your why doesn't need to be as profound as Julie's why either. Like your why could simply be, I'm bored. 
yeah. you know, I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to find companionship or my why is simply I want someone to hang out with on Saturdays. There's nothing wrong with that because our why yeah. can change. So don't put too much pressure on what your why is either. Oh, and oh. my why, I love that because my why, when I remember a friend of mine, and I think this also gives you kind of a cue to wh- what you're look actually looking for. Like I remember back in my serial dating phase uh, chapter, <laughs> like phase, when I said that, <laughs> my hope phase, okay. <laughs> That's really what it's it was It's already called. been coined, okay, just use it. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember like telling my friend I was looking for a relationship and she's like, are you, are you really like, are you sure that's what you want? Just your actions aren't really doing that. And I remember like my why of why I wanted a relationship was to have someone that would go out with me and my friends. And I'm like, okay, this is actually a sign that maybe <laughs> yeah. I am just looking I'm more in a party stage and that's okay. That's where I'm at right now. Love that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's such a good point. Both of you brought up. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that. Cause yeah, coming up with like a deep, complex, value-driven why, like relax. Like you don't necessarily need that right now. It depends on where you are in your life. Depends on how many whys you had before that why, right? You'll have many. Right. If you're if your why is you just want to F, then that's fine. That's a why. Like good for you. I, like I'm not going to judge right. you. Like to have just, fun. Just yeah, to, have, to have friends and fun. Friends yes. and food. But I think food. also, I mean, like, myself case like we do this this is like our lives right and you i'm not i'm not yeah. letting you off the hook i'm asking what your why is after yeah. but like all of us mm-hmm. like we are introspective we like mindfulness and changing mindset is literally what we do every day so i think yeah meet yourself where you are and it's okay if you're not at that stage i think that's a really great point so yeah you I, I love that <laughs> yeah and i i do want to speak for not speak for, but I want to speak for myself who is in a relationship. So my why is not for dating, but my why is why am I in a relationship? And sometimes when you're in a relationship, you have to ask yourself that too. Like, oh, why, why did I put myself here? And m- my first why was uh, I want to create memories with someone. And then I had to dig deeper. Like, why do you want to create mm. memories with someone is because as a, as an only child, I it didn't have a chance to mold a life with someone. It was always me mm. and my parents who were from a g- different generation. Mm. So I always wanted to share my life with someone. And then I dug a little bit deeper than that. Like, what? why is it that you want to share a life with someone? Because I want to mold a life and create a life with someone. And I, I realized that my perfect partner has nothing to do with the person, really. It's his willingness to mold and share a life with me and want to keep our life evolving into one. So that's my why. But I had to dig three layers down to find that. Hey, we oh. always say we got to dig into the why. That's what we do <laughs> why, all the time. Why? But that's a good <laughs> The good three te- whys technique. There's yeah, actually a research say. method. Yeah, yeah. The first yeah, yeah. time you say why, the second time you go deeper and vice versa. Yep. Yeah, keeps going. Lies. I yeah. love that. I love that. I, yeah, I love talking about why. I always think it's fine because, <laughs> like Zoolander, where he's like, "But why, male model?" He's like, "I just seriously, I just told you. Like, we just talked about it. Like, I love going deeper, right? I love going like asking yeah. why as many times as possible. The, the, the three whys. I've never heard of that. This is one of those things that I talk about but didn't know was a thing. You could break down yeah. any problem, any frustration, anxiety by just asking why until you hit that common yeah. denominator. So that's great. I love that. This is Practice. a new podcast episode. Give us a shout out. Love that. I will. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Three whys. Ooh, that's a good one. You can riff on that for hours. Oh oh my gosh. (laughs) So should we go into takeaways? Because there's so many. And I mean, I think at the ultimate, like, ultimately, what we're saying with this is take like reframing your mindset 
isn't something that needs to happen overnight. I think that's something that's really important to say as a takeaway. Like we've all talked on this episode about just different evolutions, how you dig deeper. Like this is something that just, it keeps going. It can be in different chapters of your life, like all of that. So I think like that piece and then also having compassion for yourself. I love this part about, you know, just because you go in one path doesn't mean it's forever. What can you learn from it? What can you do to like use that to get you back on the path that you want to be? And your path might zigzag over time. Like things change. Like I know for me personally, like there's been times where I've been all about finding that partner and other times where I moved to a new city and I was just trying to build a life for myself. Like it doesn't need to be so static of like, I want this. I don't want this. Like just let yourself just get that fluidity. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Agreed. That's a great takeaway. I have three words as takeaways that keep popping up <laughs> why, in my why, mind. Why? The Just... why, why, why. There you go. That's it. That's my takeaway. Boom. Mic drop. Uh, the first ta- So the three words are intuition, gratitude, and appreciation. So the intuition part is comes from our earlier conversation case is that I feel like what you've stumbled upon comes from your intuition, which Mm -hmm. we all have. But Mm. for some reason, we don't listen to our intuitive self too much. We always are looking for other people's paths that they paved or other people's advice. Like, what would you do in the situation? But we forget to dig deep into how we function as human beings. A lot of what we're saying could be common sense. It's just that we're not digging it up from ourselves. We're trying to look for it elsewhere. And this idea of gratitude is really great, especially when you're closing out a relationship or starting a relationship, giving gratitude to your current situation, mm-hmm. where you are today, and, and just and just knowing that that you are a privileged person by being in your situation today, whether you're single or not. And the third is appreciation. And someone, I heard someone tell me the, uh, this the other day, they were like, practice appreciating everything that leaves you. So it could be physical. It could be like throwing away the trash. It could be like giving away money, or it could be giving someone a hug and then they leave you. Or it could be digital, you know, like digitally sending someone an emoji. Give appreciation to everything that leaves you, and then it will make you more mindful in your actions. And you don't take these things for granted. So when you let someone go in your life, you appreciate them. Thank you for being in my life. Even if you don't tell them to their face, you say it out to the universe because that already changes your perspective on on someone leaving you. It's not so much a loss anymore. It's just, I'm appreciating this. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, I could just add a point to that. I just really, yes. I really vibe with that. That's my other favorite word. I'm surprised I haven't said vibe in this episode. I say it. <laughs> you all just the said time. it twice. So. There you go. I'm going to work it in towards the end here. Uh, vibe. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a quote that I referenced on one of my episodes. It was like, you erase the mistakes of your past, you erase the wisdom of your present. And I think that's so powerful because we tend to look back at failed relationships and we want to erase them. We're like, I wasted my time, that, right. that it wasn't real, all these things. And it's like, okay, yeah, it didn't work out and it wasn't right. But look at like what you know now. So exactly to your point there, you can carry these things with you without wishing them away. And then to your first point about intuition, everyone has intuition, of course. It just depends on how self-aware you are of that intuition and then how yes. willing you are to act on it. But the, th- the great thing about intuition, just to tie everything together, is your why comes from your intuition, of course. But once you tap into your intuition, intuition, it becomes a superpower because it gives you purpose and it gives you guidance. I think a lot of the times the reason we're frustrating in dating is we're just we're just doing stuff. 
we're swiping, right. we're saying yes when we should say no, we're saying no when we should say like all these different things because we don't have like a North Star. But the great thing about once you tap into your intuition, you're like, okay, my intuition is telling me that I need this in a person and my why is this. It gives you a North Star because yes. I wrote about this in my book. I called it, <laughs> I called it putting it down, flipping it and reversing it, uh, which is just <laughs> funny. Uh, the idea that whatever it is that you're looking for in a partner let's say you're looking for someone who's kind, right? Let's just, mm -hmm. let's just like really yeah. boil it down. Like how can you expect to find someone who's kind unless you're kind yourself? Mm -hmm. and you realize that you're like, okay, well now I have a purpose. My purpose is to be kind. Obviously that's the simplest example ever, but like it gives you purpose. Now you know what to do, right? So you're not just like waiting and hoping and kind of blind. It doesn't tell you exactly, exactly what to do, but it gives you, it gives you purpose, right? So like that's, I love how everything like ties together like that. I think the why is so important and that I guess is another takeaway I have. Like I love that. I mean, we, we dig into the why all the time, but I love what you were saying about just like, what is your personal why? Because I feel like we are always looking at like the whys of modern dating and what's happening, yeah. why people do the things they do. But like, I love this personal why, because then you can look at all these these thoughts that come in your mind that we all talked about, these like jolts that happen. And when you get broken up with, or like when you break up with someone, if you can really point to your why and see how they weren't your why, that gives you facts. And I think mm -hmm. having yep. facts is really important because if we don't have facts, we create stories in our heads. And that's mm -hmm. when we tend to tie it back to ourselves and why we're the problem and all this stuff. And that's just like a bad slippery slope that's a downward spiral that no one needs to be in. It's like, how do I focus on my why and what works for me? And that's why journaling is so great. You've got a paper trail. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Got all the evidence, right? Or recording receipts. it. Yeah. I think the recording it, like you don't have to do a podcast like case, but like <laughs> even a voice memo, like if you're not someone that likes to write, like I feel like mm. that's a great way to get things out or just like having something that has prompts. Like I think that piece is like a really good part to get the thoughts go uh, going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, well, you we know, I agree with can't that, say the certainly. thoughts. <laughs> And we want to record, like, we want to record your thoughts too, Kate. So one final question for you is, yeah. what do you think being dateable means? Being dateable? Uh, well, I mean, the most cliche answer in the world is just being real, of course. Because I, th I mean, I think the second you're not real, the, the, the sooner you're setting yourself up for failure, certainly. For one, when you're not real, your intentions aren't aligned. And two, it's confusing as as F to anyone else. Like it's just going to be confusing. You're going to be putting out all kinds of weird signals. So I mean, <laughs> like everyone is dateable. No one is not lovable. Right. And I think the, the, the predicaments we put ourselves in are when we're, we're trying to be someone we're not, or we're not being uh, well-intentioned with what we want. So both of those kind of evaporate when you settle on, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be real. And I know that's not easy. And uh, like some people being like, well, real, the real me is boring. Like, or the real me like doesn't have that many great things. Join the club, man. I mean, I, there's mm -hmm. I, people are, everyone's average. You know, right. you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure when you think that you need to be, you know, some, some really cool dude or woman, like just, just be yourself. Like you'd be, right. so, you'd be surprised like how many other people are having the same exact feelings. And if you just kind of drop that, that layer there, you would, you would be so much better off. So yeah. Find so, your perfect, imperfect person, right? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> All comes back. Yeah, well, this has been so great. I think, I mean, like, we always say this, dating is all about mindset. And really, the only thing you can control in dating is your mindset. So all of this, I've already started to reframe some of my mindsets, shifts from this conversation. I hope others did too. 
In case if people want to learn more about what you offer, your journals, your podcast, your uh, relationship status, where can they stalk you? <laughs> uh, Instagram's best case.kenny or newmindsetwhodis.com. But Instagram, you can get you can get everything there. I assume your podcast is on every single player. Oh, yeah. Yes. So Everywhere. He's everywhere. I mean, this is a great way. Like I... I'm all about doing like the retreats, like I mentioned, but that's just not realistic on a day to day. So, you know, put on new mindset, who dis and you get like a little, little tip every day. Yeah. Right. And then journal while you're at it. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'd actually on the podcast, I do these things called music and mindfulness where I team up with DJs and yes, we create, I we create. Love that. so you can work out to it. So even there's yeah. no excuse, there's no excuse. You could work out, you could sit and be so quiet. Good. I listened to you on a walk the other day and it was like, it was really nice. You know, you're like looking in nature and then you're reflecting on your own stuff. It's great. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Isn't that just so creepy? How many people are out there just listening to you over and over again? You have no idea who they are. In that case, I feel like I really know you. You're like, who dis? Yeah, yeah, it's wild. (laughs) Who dis? I don't know. New new phone. Yeah, it's wild. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Thanks so much, Case. And for... Everyone who's left us uh, reviews in Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate it. If you haven't yet, please do so, because these are the reasons of how we get great guests like Case. I mean, like, he looked at our Apple Podcast, was like, these girls are legit. All right, I'll go on it. It's you true. know, he's in between his <laughs> dinner breaks. He, he had dinner number one. Now he's about to start dinner number two. He's like, okay, I, w- I will give them some time. So it's super simple and quick. Just five stars. Leave a little, I love these girls. They're so great. That's all you need. That's it. That's it. Okay. We're going to wrap this up. Stay The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.